and welcome to FitSpeak, the Fraser Valley's only fitness, wellness, and insurance sports podcast. I'm Kevin Hines along with Zach Newfeld. We're brought to you by TriJoy, the spirit of multi-sport. With the triathlon season in full swing, it's time to ask yourself the question, are you getting the results you want? TriJoy can help. Let's have a chat, look at those results, set some goals, and work to achieve them. See the TriJoy link on the FitSpeak homepage. We're also brought to you by Wenting Cycling Mission. Here is your Wenting's Word of the Week. It is Colnago. Once again, the Wenting's Word of the Week, Colnago. Mention that word the next time you are at Wenting's and you'll win a prize. It's just that easy. One more time, your Wenting's Word of the Week is Colnago. On FitSpeak this time, it's Between the Ears with Zach Newfeld. Zach's going to explain how racing and training for others may bring you some very positive benefits. But to start off our program, a future interview with Penticton triathlete Dave Matheson, the 2018 Canadian Ultra 520 champion and a new World Masters record holder at that distance. And welcome to another edition of FitSpeak, the Fraser Valley's fitness, wellness, and endurance sports podcast. I'm Kevin Hines, and we are sitting down with the 2018 Ultra 520K champion, as well as the 2017 Cultus Lake Half Iron champion, Dave Matheson. Dave, thank you so much for taking the time to spend with us tonight. Oh, thanks for having me, Kevin. It's my pleasure, and uh, I'm happy to be here. So we're doing this on another beautiful, albeit another smoky evening in Penticton. It's a little bit after 7 on the 15th of August. And Dave, uh, you look to be in pretty good shape considering what you put your body through a little bit uh, earlier this month. Yeah, I've... uh... You know, I've seemed to bounce back pretty quick. Actually, I'm feeling good. I haven't, I haven't done a whole lot, so I, you know, I've definitely taken the, the recovery um, <laughs> seriously for sure. I've been basically just sitting back, uh, enjoying some beers and good food, <laughs> <laughs> enjoying life, trying to to yeah. restore some balance to it. For sure. So, Dave. When you were at the Ultra 520, uh, not only did you win the race outright, you set the record for the fastest performance for that distance yeah. for uh, for a master's athlete. So I'm going to come yeah. out right and say it. How yeah. old are you today? I am 46 years old, uh, turning 47 in December. So what day yeah. in December? December 8th. The second here. Okay, oh, Sagittarius. Wow. December, <laughs> December boy. Tell us a little bit about, uh, is Penticton your hometown? Yes, it is. Born and raised here, actually. Yeah, and I did leave for three or four years in the early 90s down to Vancouver, but um, I'm, a, I'm a small town boy. Missed it, so I came home and never regretted it. <laughs> never regret Well, a beautiful, beautiful place to train, live uh, year-round. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. When you're not swimming, biking, running, or talking <laughs> about it... Um, <laughs> What do you do to pay the bills? I am actually an auditor for the Canada Revenue Agency. Um, I hold uh, a CPA designation and a Bachelor of Business Administration. So that, yeah, that's my other life. Obviously not as exciting and fun as triathlon, but like, as you say, it pays the bills. And, pays and, the bills. Yeah, and, and it supports this hobby and... Uh, Basically, that's why I'm doing it. <laughs> Mentally challenging, but not necessarily yeah. physically demanding. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I sit around, sit in the office most days. Um, you know, strain my brain, mm-hmm. um, and then 
obviously uh, get out as soon as I get outside it's it's <laughs> it's time to it's time to roll play time time play yeah speaking of playing growing up here in Penticton I understand uh, another one of the more famous Penticton guys on the triathlon scene Jeff Simons was a mm-hmm. was a steeplechaser growing up here in town um, yeah. what sort of sports did you do playing uh, in school uh, funny funny question because I didn't play any <laughs> really yeah so I was how, not, how did this happen? I was not athletic at all growing up. I, you know, my parents didn't really push it on me. Um, I wanted to try a couple of sports. I they put me in hockey. They put me in soccer. But I just wasn't good at either. I just wasn't a good team sports player. Um, so I just kind of gave up on sports. I never really, I never really had a desire. Any cross country or track? Nothing. nothing. No. But both my sisters. I had two older sisters. Uh-huh. One of them was a cross country star, and the other was a track star, and they were both really good. And I just, I never tried it. How much older are your sisters? Uh, two years. So, uh, two years. Let's see. One sister is forty-eight, and the other's fifty. So we're all two years apart. Okay. Yeah. Nice even spread. Yeah. Yeah. And they're definitely athletic growing up. Um, those roles changed dramatically. Neither of them are really athletic now. <laughs> so the tides, yeah, have, changed. tides have changed. Absolutely. Yeah. So how did you get into oh. this crazy sport of triathlon then, considering you weren't all that yeah. athletic well, I, in those early yeah, years? Yeah, in those early years, definitely wasn't athletic. Um, when I turned 20, I think early 20s, I actually did get into <laughs> weight training. Okay. And I... Uh, I was quite serious about that. I was actually about 40, 40, 45 pounds heavier than I am now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's close to close to 200. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and All only, muscle. And, uh, well, it was, I wasn't that ripped, actually. Mm. I, I actually drank a lot of beer at the same time. So okay. there was a bit of bulk, a bit mm. of muscle. Okay. And fat. Um, but I did that. I was just passionate about that. I did that for probably 10 years. And then, uh, and then when I turned around about 30... Um, I got into a bit of mountain biking, and I found uh, I found that I liked that quite a bit. And then, and then I actually had a a long time childhood friend who's also from Penticton who did Ironman in '99, I think 2000, 2001. And uh, I was one of those guys like you know I grew up here, I knew I knew of course what Ironman was, but mm-hmm. I was never really interested in anything about it i was kind of one of those guys oh it was that last sunday in august it's kind of an inconvenience you know you can't drive around town <laughs> but around that time when my buddy my my buddy was doing it, i thought oh i better you know at least go down and check it out and watch him mm-hmm. and i watched him and i thought you know he was kind of a heavy guy too growing mm-hmm. up and it was kind of like wow he can do it i think i could do this and yeah. uh, I ended up going for a training ride with him and i was on my mountain bike and we actually rode all the way down to Asuyas. we started riding up the richter pass well, on a mountain bike on a mountain bike mm-hmm. and then i remember for him it was just a shorter ride so he had his wife come pick him up and pick us both up and i remember thinking at the time wow um i feel like i'd keep going like i've got some sort of endurance like uh-huh. this is awesome i love this I'm wow going. so i think that was around 2000 and it was before the 2001 race and that's when i kind of thought i think i want to try this mm-hmm. and then i of course, I went out and watched him, and I volunteered that year. What did you do? I actually was out at the uh, aid station at the Outback, and so it was a really cool spot. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember vividly watching Peter Reed come flying through there, and I think I even passed him a bottle, and it was just uh-huh. that was basically what like just switched everything. Cool. It was just the coolest thing I ever saw, mm-hmm. and I got to do this race. And so that's how it started. Really, I just 
that year I went to the local sign-up because back then all the locals could sign up after the race. We didn't have to wait in line. You didn't like, have to you sleep didn't, no, on didn't. that cold, right. cold sidewalk in front yeah. of the lakeshore like the, the non-locals. The non-locals, yeah, they always reserved. I think it was 100 spots. So I went down, signed up, and then it was just like that whole year I was just pumped to do the 2002 Ironman Canada. So was that your very first triathlon or had you... It, it wasn't. It was the first one I decided I was going to do, but then throughout 2002, I thought, well, I better do do a race. I tried to get into Victoria half, couldn't. But back then, that race just filled up. It was yeah. impossible. So I thought, well, half would be good. I didn't really know what I was doing. I just went out and trained. <laughs> I joined a master swim club. I did indoor spinning at the gym, and then I just I just ran. <laughs> I thought, I'm just going to run as much as I can. I'd go for two-hour runs and uh, stuff like that. I didn't really have any um, structure to the training. It mm-hmm. was just whatever. Um, but I did end up signing up for a sprint triathlon, and it was um, my very first triathlon, and it was the Cal Rats, and it's still going, and it's been going on for quite a while. It's the and one that's in Vernon. In Vernon, yes. Vernon, yeah, mm-hmm. at uh, Okanagan Lake there. Um, so that was my very first triathlon. How remember. did that turn out for you? Not bad, actually. I just remember uh, there was, um, the swim is in kind of shallow water, so you can actually stand up and I remember thinking at the start I just went to the front and I just got clobbered mm. and I remember getting a bit panicky so I did stand up and thought oh this is kind of cool I can stand up and walk in the swim it gives you an option <laughs> yeah um but then then I, I got through the, I got through the swim and then it was just like I just went as hard as I could and I remember crossing the finish line feeling like that was just exhilarating mm. it was awesome so it was a really good experience and then I did the peach classic as well the trot the standard distance triathlon as well and that was it those two races before Ironman yeah, quite the yeah. uh, trial by fire exactly yeah. and all the pressure of being a local guy back in 2002 can yeah. you remember that race um oh I remember it vividly it was uh it was a great experience um like I said I really didn't know what I was doing I just kind of went out and did my big training training rides and training runs and so I kind of had an idea you know I'd go and do the old Ironman loop do it in like whatever six hours kind of in training and mm-hmm. well that would be great on race day mm-hmm. but i have no idea how i'm going to feel coming out of the swim and I, can, I remember thinking i had no clue what my swim time would be like um i think you know i was actually considering what the cutoff time was i knew it was like two hours 20 minutes and i thought well as long as i make it under two hours 20 minutes i'm good so i think i ended up coming out in like an hour 15 mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah total surprise yeah. yeah yeah very safe um got off the bike Felt like crap. <laughs> Did a run walk in about four, I can't remember, I think it was four and a half hours or so, mm-hmm. and uh, ended up coming in in 11 and a half hours. Was really stoked about that. Absolutely. Because <laughs> yeah. I remember watching the previous year and watching all these guys come in, this big, uh, um, seemed like this benchmark for a lot of people was sub 12. Sub 12, sub 12, that's a big was, deal. Yeah. Yeah. So I, thought, I wonder if I could do that on my first. Yeah. I kind of had that in the back of my head. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was really happy for that. So courtesy of a, a decent swim and a pretty good bike. And yeah, exactly. Yeah. And since then, you've gotten older, but yeah. in no way, no yeah. way at all, have you gotten slower. In fact, you've been yeah. constantly increasing. Um, when did you kind of have the revelation that, damn, I'm pretty good at this sport? <laughs> well, after I did that 2002, I thought, you know, I was just hooked. I want to do it again. Um, I want to see, and of course, right from that point, I was like, I wonder if I can go a little bit faster, you know, and that was obviously my goal for the following year. Not walk the marathon. Not walk the marathon, yeah. yeah, like, you know, see if I can, you know, get a little faster than 11.30, maybe under 11, I don't know, I didn't really have a specific goal in mind, but I knew that I needed help, and so I uh, I uh, seeked out the local triathlon coach at the time, Kevin Kutcher, who still is, and yeah. still, you know, has been a, 
a longtime friend of mine ever since that time. Mm-hmm. He he basically helped me, coached me from that point forward, um, got me down to I think it was about a ten twenty four in the following year. So it took almost over an hour off my time. What did you do differently that Kevin Kutcher got you doing? I would say most of it. Most of it's just it was just structured training mm-hmm. and just racing by and training by heart rate. Like mm-hmm. I actually got training zones right mm-hmm. he developed those training zones for me i had no idea what that was before uh-huh. um so you know trained in the right zones um at the right time and basically just built a, a, a bigger fitness base throughout the off season mm-hmm. and you know just from there it just got better and better but then i can recall uh, in 2003 uh finishing in just over an hour faster than 2002 i was you know then intrigued by the thought of this this elusive, or not a salute, but this uh, this other benchmark people are striving mm-hmm. for seems to be the sub ten. That was a really big thing because <laughs> I remember watching everyone wanted to go sub ten. Yeah, I wonder if I can do that. And then, you so must just be hanging out that. with some fast friends. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I was, you know, tr- Kevin had these um, local coaching sessions, and so he was he was right there, mm-hmm. um, you know, hands on kind of thing, kind of like uh, what Jonathan Cron does today with his athletes. You know, he's right there giving them advice and yeah. telling them what to do and. And so that made a big difference, and you know, Kevin, Kevin really helped with the whole mental aspect of it, and just, just basically how to, how to execute a race properly, you know, like having patience and you know being, you know, not going out too hard too soon, mm-hmm. all those kinds of things you need to do in a long distance triathlon to be successful. And anyways, that sub ten goal did take a while. <laughs> um, in two thousand four, I went off and I did Ironman France. What was and, your motivation to go out and do a race like France? Well, at the time, so my wife at the time <laughs> had family there, and she okay. and so you know her grandparents actually just lived outside of Paris, so we wanted okay. to do a trip there. And I mm. thought, and she was, well, you know, there's an Ironman in France. You want yeah. to consider doing it? So, uh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. So um, that was the reason for that, just to try a different race. Okay. Um, so yeah, I did that in 2004, and. Uh, it was a tough race, and it was Europe. So, of course, there's some pretty serious competition there. Mm-hmm. I didn't end up uh, doing as great as I wanted to. Um, the bike was really hilly. I think I ended up biking at six hours again. and then. Mm. Um, but overall, my run got much better, and my swim got much better, and I was probably around the same time as my 2003 Ironman in Canada. On a much more difficult much more course. Difficult course, yeah. 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 And, uh, and relative to the age group, how well did you do at uh, that was, race? I was quite a ways down. Mm. I can't even remember. It mm. would have been you know, probably in the top 20, maybe, okay. but, mm-hmm. but uh, nowhere near is where I wanted to be. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I did... Come back that year, and I did Ironman Canada, and then ended up doing, I think it was a 10-19. So I was getting closer and closer to that sub-10, mm-hmm. and that actually qualified me for Kona. Uh-huh. Yeah, so that was 2004. It was my third Ironman, and uh, I got it with a roll down. I was 19, but back then, you know, in Ironman Canada, there was 100 spots. And they used to roll and down there wasn't, a lot. There was 100 spots, and there wasn't 100 Ironman like there are today. Exactly. Yeah. So, so the spots rolled down quite a bit back then, and mm-hmm. so, yeah, I took the spot, and and Kona was my first, uh, or, sorry, 2004 was my first go at Kona. And, and how did that go for you? Oh, it was an amazing experience, but it was uh, it was tough. You know, it was just what I was told. Expect to be about an hour slower than your fastest Ironman time. And uh, I managed to go just under 11 hours, so mm-hmm. it wasn't wasn't quite an hour slower. It was mm-hmm. about uh, 30, 35 minutes or so. But I was told, you know, the, the elements in Kona are just what make it so, so tough. And, mm-hmm. and you know... It's true, you know, no wetsuit, ocean swim, swells, current, extreme coastal winds, 
battled those things the whole ride and then running in a in a sauna. <laughs> mm-hmm. Some so. people say they go there that you know they somehow qualify for this miracle race. Yeah. They go there, they do it, and after they've done it, it's like okay, been there, done that. Don't need to go back. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you went back several times. Absolutely. I. Uh, what's what's uh, the special thing about uh, Kona for you? I think it's just where it is, the history, mm-hmm. everything. You know, it is the mecca of triathlon as far as i'm concerned mm-hmm. um you know it's the best of the best are there um it's just a special place um the difficulty of it all of that mm-hmm. you know all that make it make it um an appealing race to me and how many so, times have you done it now? so i've done it eight now eight times, eight times yeah so, so you're quite the, familiar with the course and, yeah and that's even though it's thing. changed somewhat over the years yeah um very little actually very little the run the, um the run has not changed since I've been doing it. Okay. So, yeah. Um, but, yeah, I'm familiar with the course. I know it. I know how to race it. You know, I've learned. Mm-hmm. I've learned so much every time I've gone there. And, uh, and yeah, last time I went, just last year in 2017, um, I actually ended up, what was I, 10th. Tenth in my age group, and so that was a huge. And this is some pretty. I mean, this yeah. these are the world's best triathletes on their best day from yeah. the entire world. So yeah. to come uh, in that position out of a, probably an age group of well over a hundred people, yeah, well is, over for sure. And, and yeah. that age group you're in doesn't get necessarily any easier, does it? Oh no, they just yeah. get faster and faster. It seems, yeah, especially <laughs> just, in Hawaii, and yeah. just like you, I yeah, mean, you, yeah, you've not been slowing down. You've been getting faster mm-hmm. since since the gun has gone off back in 2002. Yeah. Um, one of the things my coach says: in order to get good, you got to stay in the game, yeah. which means avoiding injuries. And you've been racing a lot mm-hmm. at a high level, and you've been running quickly. Mm-hmm. Yet uh, you seem to be. Very, very consistent. Yeah. How do you avoid and, these injuries that well, so many of us? Uh, I, I think it comes down to just training smart, listening to your body. Um, but as you said, the consistency too. Like I've just and the longevity, longevity in the sport. I think, I think the longer you're in it, um, the smarter you get, and the more resilient you get. Mm. And and that's kind of what I attribute that to. Um, I think maybe part of it is when I got into the sport, I was a weightlifter. <laughs> I don't know. Um, so you have, so I might some, have some good strength yeah. there and some resilience already. And so I've been very fortunate that way. I take care of my recovery. I take that seriously. I take mm-hmm. care of my rest and the, I take recovery very seriously. So when I'm not training, I'm resting. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's pretty well, much So what life. does that mean to you, resting? Just off my feet. Yeah. Off my feet. Massage. Mm-hmm. Tons of massage. I actually get two massages per week and I've done that for years. Really? Yeah, okay. Yeah. Uh, I go to, I go to yoga. Fitspeak listeners listening to that. Two <laughs> yeah. massages per week. Per this week. this yeah. could be the silver bullet we're all looking for. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I uh, I got good coverage at work though. So it <laughs> <laughs> doesn't, uh, doesn't cost me a whole lot. And so that's why I take advantage of it. Yeah. Um, yoga. Yeah. Go to yoga once a week. Mm-hmm. Um, that helps keep you limber. And, um, you know, even if it's preventative or yeah. whatever it is, it seems to work for me. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, you know, as I'm getting older, you know, if I feel something coming, a little niggle or something, I'll I'll back off, mm-hmm. and that's the other thing. Like I'll listen to my body more, and um, I do notice it more and more as I get older. Um, you know, if I'm doing a hard run session, I might feel something that's just coming on. You know, I just back off and mm-hmm. take care of it. And another thing is just 
I'm doing a hard session. It's going to be a hard session and then not another hard session for at least another two or three days. And, and that's, so, that's what we have our coaches to thank for. I mean, for uh, sure. we both share the, the same coach in Jonathan yeah. Curran. So a shout out to Johnny O Coaching right now. Yeah, yeah. But that's one of the things that I learned. Um, yeah. You know, the hard days are hard, but yeah. then we, oh, yeah. we take the yeah. easy stuff just as seriously. Just as, exactly. I've got, like, I love mixing the... The intensity's up. I do hard sessions, but when it's time to go easy, it's time to go easy, and then I've got that medium tempo range, and mm-hmm. you know, so I, I kind of train all systems, and uh, it it works well. Um, you know, I, having said that, I have had a couple of injuries, but over the sixteen years I've been doing it, yeah. it's it's not it's not a bad record. <laughs> yeah, very good record. How did yeah. you overcome those injuries? Um, and so what were they? they? Well, both times it were actually Achilles Achilles mm-hmm. tendonitis. Same um, foot. Same, yeah, okay. same side. Uh, Two thousand nine, I basically just stopped running for it was. Thankfully, it came in the winter, and so I basically just took four months off running mm-hmm. and then gradually got back into it and it healed um and then in 15 i was doing the blossom 10 mile or the day after doing the bare bones and mm. so it was a little too much yeah. and i thought i thought i would do that double you know mm. that everybody talks about <laughs> um i raced bare bones really hard i had mm. two of my fastest 5k oh, really? <laughs> yeah, in, a, in a duathlon yeah. and so i probably should have just stopped there but i went and started that 10 mile and was out in third place and then uh-huh. And then I was back on the KVR coming back, and then there's probably only a few miles left to go, and just something just I just heard that uh, snap. And uh, thankfully, it didn't tear, but yeah. uh, but it was um, it was a pretty bad uh, tendonitis, and mm. uh, I was training for Roth that year, so uh, I basically couldn't run. Uh, but um, you know, got through it, mm. and uh, here I am, uh-huh. injury free again and healthy so yes <laughs> yeah so let's go back yeah. to the ultra 520k or ultraman now yeah. how many times have you done the race so just the twice just, just the twice. twice yeah 2013 and then and then this year okay the first time i had seen you dave yeah. you were just finishing the bike portion on the saturday okay. and um our good friend gary scatchard introduced mm-hmm me yeah. to you and we had our picture taken and then I oh. had a conversation with Steve King yeah. and he said Kevin uh, you know do this race <laughs> while you still can and I thought that was three years ago that was five years ago, five years ago yeah. and that time has gone quickly and yeah. I was silly enough to take Steve King's <laughs> advice last year and yeah. actually do the thing but that's yeah. that uh, was last year that was last year last yeah year, okay. uh, another another story so yeah. five years ago back yeah. in 2013 yeah. for the race which involves a 10k swim yeah. If your kayaker gets it right, exactly. and then you go Very important. 150k on the bike the yeah. first day. Uh, yeah, back in 13 it was 145. 145. Yeah. So now mm. that it's ultra 520, they've changed the distance. Oh, okay. So now it's uh, yeah 150. 150. Yeah. Then on day number two, 270k bike. 275. Don't mess with an auditor. Those numbers are solid. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Yeah, it's 275. Yeah. And. Uh, Second, or rather, third day is the double marathon. That's it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, Chad Bentley, who was a, a Fitspeak uh, guest of ours a few weeks ago, and uh, we were looking yeah. at your marathon time, which was just silly. And mm. we figured, the, what size are your feet? Uh, nine and a half. Nine and a half. Yeah. Okay, that excuse has gone out the window. We were saying the reason you could go so quickly on that washboard road oh. is because you must have like a size six feet, like yeah, the yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Japanese girl did, who oh, set a female record in Gosh, 2018 or 2017 with uh, yeah, 59, 59. That's but right. but nine and a half feet—that's that's like average guy size. Yeah. So uh, 
those washboards were killing me. Um, <laughs> killing you, killing yeah, everybody. Yeah, so sure. back in 2013, yeah. five years ago, mm-hmm. younger person, yeah. uh, you went 21.47. This year, you set the Masters world record for the ultra distance and went 21.37, which is 10 minutes faster. So why are you faster now? <laughs> well, that's a tough one. <laughs> um, I think if you look at it, at both the Ironman and the Ultraman distances, you see these people in their 40s, well into their 40s, they continue to get faster. And I think it's just a matter of of consistency and, you know, and sticking with it and, you know, getting smarter and training smarter. And, um, and to be honest, with respect to this race being 10 minutes faster, I mean, I think it was pretty much as, as far as my fitness goes, it was probably at the at the same level as it was five years ago. Um, I think I just, you know, took it out a little bit harder on day three. Hmm. Um, and I think that's where that, you know, I know that's where that 10 minutes came from. Yeah. So, um, but as far as why am I fashion now, I'm not really sure I am all that much faster. I think I'm probably just holding. <laughs> Which is still uh, an yeah. anomaly considering yeah. you yeah. are getting on with age, yeah. like a lot of us uh, yeah. Fitspeak listeners. Yeah, exactly. Um, but... But yeah, for me, it was just this year, I put everything into this race. You know, this was my main goal. And okay. so I didn't race a lot, right? So I did the Victoria 70.3 in June. And other than that, I just had some really awesome training blocks. Mm-hmm. Um, so I took some time off work. I've got some flexible work hours. So I'm able to do like short weeks. Mm-hmm. And so I put a lot into it. Also, of course, I've got an advantage because I know the course. This is my home. I train on it. Mm-hmm. I know every corner, every hill, everything. Yeah. I just know how to ride this course. Yeah. <laughs> I, know, I know when to go fast and I know when to back off mm-hmm. and, and all those kinds of things. Um, but the interesting thing about it is uh, at the end of day two, um, if you take my day, day one and day two totals from 2013 and 2018, mm-hmm. I was just under a minute faster. So like... Mm-hmm. There was basically less than a minute separating those two years in terms of overall time. Amazing. Yeah. Considering the length of this and yeah. all the things yeah. that could happen, including exactly. weather. Yeah, including weather. Yeah. And and that's the other thing about it is that conditions were both were great on both years and yeah. I did it. I was mm. so fortunate. Training in those winds, thinking mm. there's you know, this is gonna be crazy on race day, but I'm ready for it. It never really happened. Yeah. It never got the headwinds that we were expecting. That ride into Princeton, into Princeton wasn't yeah, no. as I mean, deathly exactly. windy as no. it, it can be. And so, and I think having good conditions both times I yeah. did it, I mean, I'm pretty fortunate. And I think that was, you know, contributes to the good times. Um, but also it's just perfect execution and having having a crew that knows what they're doing. Like, And who was your crew for this year? So I had my wife, Tina. Mm-hmm. Uh, good friends Miles and Kat Gollin and my crew captain Gary Scatcher. Oh, Gary! Yeah, <laughs> so it was the same crew I had yeah. in thirteen, right? Uh-huh. So when I decided to do it again in eighteen, mm-hmm. before even registered, I confirmed that they were going to be. Okay. If it wasn't for that, I probably wouldn't have done it. So, <laughs> so yeah, they and they just know what to do. They know yeah. exactly what I need when I need it. They're so organized, and so every little detail was taken care of. Mm-hmm. Every little possibility of potential things going wrong, we were covered. If something happened. You know, I had the spare wheels. I had a uh-huh. spare bike. I yeah. had different nutrition. I had a change of clothes. Like just everything. Even though I didn't need anything, it's just having all that ready. And yeah. It gives me peace of mind. Mm-hmm. And I think that played a big part of it. Um, but yeah, at the end of day two, Steve King said, well, Dave, you're uh, less than a minute faster than you were in 13. Um, you ran 704. 
So really, all you have to do is run 705 and you can break your record. <laughs> so I had that in mind. And, and that was a bit of a cushion as well. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It was a cushion. I thought, well, okay, I know that I could do this in five-minute pace. And so mm -hmm. I thought, I'm going to take it out at 455 because, mm -hmm. you know, that's all you need to do. Five seconds per kilometer over that distance mm -hmm. makes up uh, makes up that 10 minutes. <laughs> and, and that's where it came from. I held that 455 pace. Wow. Yeah. And to hold that all all yeah, day long for, for sure. as long and up yeah. those hills and up down those hills. Yeah, yeah. And... Well, I mean, some of the uphills, like near the end, the last quarter, mm. they're pretty steep. So obviously the pace can't stay. Well, but but then, you know, it averages out. Yeah. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was uh, it was pretty epic. <laughs> and so is Gary and your wife, are, are you still on speaking terms with them after that? Because <laughs> I experienced some, uh, yeah. some oh, yeah. issues on that course, yeah, especially yeah. on the runs. On the run, yeah. They're talking to me now, but it's <laughs> been 18 months. So yeah. yeah, You know, I hear a lot about that, and I was actually warned about that, and so was my crew before I did it at 13. And they're, Nick Mallet was saying, you, you know, you guys be prepared. Dave's going to chew your head off. It's going to get so ugly out there. He's mm -hmm. going to be yelling at you and snapping. Because it went so smooth for me, uh -huh. and I didn't have any issues, no hiccups. Uh -huh. It was just like they said I was the easiest person. I was totally low maintenance. And oh, so wow. when I went in this year, I wanted the same experience. I didn't want them to have to deal with, mm. you know, yeah. an angry athlete. Mm. <laughs> and so, you know, and it worked out just the same. I mean, it, it, of course it gets hard, it gets ugly, and, mm. and near the end I may be a little bit, you know, snappy or whatever, like get me this, get me that. But mm. as far as, mm. you know, as far as getting angry you know yeah. i think keeping the crew happy is really important <laughs> and of course they have if ways there's going to be a next time yeah, yeah. if if, that's yeah. if yeah. but i mean and, and they have ways of making me happy and keeping mm. me laughing like yeah. it, it was unbelievable the amount of work that my wife put into mm. into the crew and like she actually made costumes so there's certain oh, really oh, yeah there's oh, certain wow. parts of the run i'll come around a corner and they'll be mm. dressed as uh um pirates with <laughs> with uh eye patches on oh them. my goodness oh, yeah. <laughs> And then they had uh, pink fluffy unicorn costumes just to make me laugh. Oh, and, wow. Yeah. And then uh, all sorts of stuff. And then my, my wife made up probably 50 placards with uh -huh. uh, motivational sayings oh, and stuff. Wow. And most of them funny. Yeah. You know, she got them off the internet. So they're mm. quite humorous. And it just, you know, keeps your mind off things. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, it definitely helped. So yeah, a big, um, big part of that is the crew. Yeah, sure. It can make a big difference. Yeah. Um, now we're sitting around talking like doing an ultra is kind of what normal people do. <laughs> yeah. um, so most athletes, you know, will do a sprint. They'll progress to the Olympic or standard mm -hmm. distance. A few of those folks will say, hey, I think I could do something a bit more than that. So mm -hmm. they'll try half Ironman. Mm -hmm. They'll do a few of those. And it's like, oh, maybe I'll do Ironman. Um, we're, the pyramid's getting shorter, well, less and less people. Why ultra? Why didn't you just stop at Ironman and say, hey, that's wow. long enough for me? Uh, that's a good question. What's, what's I, uh, the uh, like? What's think, the motivation? I think you know I'd done a number of Ironmans, mm -hmm. um, and as you said, like what's next kind of thing. Mm -hmm. I thought I did definitely want to try something new, and um, I was exposed to Ultraman Canada like back in two thousand five when it was resurrected because it was started in the nineties, mm -hmm. as you may know, and then yeah. Steve Brown canceled it for a few years and then brought it back. At that point in 2005, I was um, quite involved in triathlon, doing mm -hmm. Ironmans and uh, competing at a fairly um, high level as an age grouper. And uh, I went out to watch the race and I saw Nick Mallet come in. Mm, and he was out on the Nick, run. Yes. Yeah, Aussie Nick. And mm. he's a good friend of mine. I actually knew him from the 90s when I was not fit. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. And he was here doing Ultraman back then. And I thought, what a crazy nut this guy is. Uh. comes up from Australia, does this crazy race. Mm -hmm. And so it's kind of, kind of funny how 
things turned around. <laughs> yes, especially this year. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, I saw him coming in at that point. He was actually in third place on the run, and he overtook two guys. And I remember thinking, he's just, and he's at like seventy kilometers of the run. And I just was totally inspired by it. Mm-hmm. I thought that is so cool. And so ever since then, I kind of was involved in the race. I volunteered. And then I crewed in 2007, and I crewed for a guy who barely made the cutoff. Oh. So I've seen I've seen different the complete ends of the spe- spectrum yeah. of this race. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was kind of fun, but at the same time, kind of stressful. Mm. <laughs> um, and then I crew, I've actually crewed for Nick as well. So I've crewed for somebody kind of in the middle. And then in 2010, Kevin Kutcher did the race, and he won it and broke the record. Actually, smashed it. His time was 21:47:49. So oh, when I wow. yeah, so when I did it 13, I was just two minutes faster. But but I crewed for him with Gary. Oh, okay. And and that's what did it. It was such an exciting race to be in and to be have a front seat and watch him race. Yeah. That's pretty much what made the decision for me and okay. inspired me to say oh, I got to do this race. Mm-hmm. And so and at the time, yeah, as I said, I was looking for something different, and so. Ultraman being here in my backyard, yeah. I get to train on it. Mm-hmm. I know Steve Brown. I know the race is going to be so well organized and all that. And so, yeah. And so at that point, it was like, okay, got to do it. But then, of course, other things come up. So it's like, okay, what year am I going to do it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so it just kind of, you know, got 2011 came and went. And 2012, I was actually doing some studies, so that kind of got in the way. And I was still doing Ironman, so it was just the thought of doing and training for it just. I just couldn't quite get there. Mm-hmm. Um, but then finally in 2013, talked to my wife, and or so I guess it was 2012, and we decided uh, next year's the year. Yeah. We're just going to commit and do it. Definitely it a wee decision. Definitely. Definitely yes, absolutely. Yeah. 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 She's a huge part of it, for yeah. sure. Of course, um, supporting me all the time in mm-hmm. training, but yeah. then, of course, being part of the crew as well. So, mm-hmm. um, so yeah, that's what uh, that's what made me decide to do it. And then, of course, it's one of the best experiences I ever had. We're talking about the motivation for doing it. Yeah. Um, when I was talking to Chad Bentley, we were talking about what a lot of people, perhaps, who are doing Ironman races look at doing an Ultraman. And mm-hmm. one of the things that may turn them off is like, well... I'm already putting in X amount of hours, whether that's 12 or 15 or 20 hours per week. And, yeah. and to do a race that's double the distance and then some, uh, I'm going to have to put in way more time in training. How did that work out for you? I actually obviously inquired with Kevin when I decided uh, to do it um, because I wanted to be able to do what he did. <laughs> <laughs> um, and he gave me some really good advice, and it was basically just you know carry on <laughs> carry mm-hmm. on like you're already doing an Ironman training workload there isn't a whole lot um, more you need to do mm-hmm. um, so I took that advice and basically went with it and I think the key is a lot of people get they think that um, you need to block these huge huge volumes and uh, I just don't agree with it um, mm-hmm. and I think because if you think about it it's a staged race right as mm-hmm. long as you you know, get some big training weeks in there, mm-hmm. you know, maybe um, in your in your typical Ironman training training block, you know, you just add add some extra hours in the week, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, do some extra long bikes, but do some extra long back-to-back bikes, that kind of thing. It's you got to be able to just recover from each mm-hmm. stage. And I think that's the most important thing is, is focusing on, on being able to do back-to-back racing. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't necessarily have to... Uh, ramp up the volume to you know stupid 
stupid amounts. Well, let's that. let's talk stupid for a minute. So <laughs> yeah. I, I just got out of the water here at Skaha Lake, yeah. and I, I underfueled for it, so I was getting a little bit bonky, and it wasn't necessarily that long of a swim. But when right. you get bonky, you also, at least in my twisted mind, I got a bit creative, and I was thinking, so this would make a great opportunity for some cool storytelling. So for yeah. our listeners, um, yeah. in order to prepare, whether it was for your first ultra or this year's uh, record-breaking ultra, mm -hmm. what would have been your longest swim? Yeah. bikes and runs so um, it's a good question I as far as the swim goes I think I ended up doing one eight did I do yeah I did one eight K swim so that would have been the longest okay um, and did but you I do did that a lot in of, the yeah lake? I did in um, Okanagan Lake okay so um, I did it a couple times too I would go in and um, do Johnny's swim squad mm -hmm. um, but before that started I'd go a little bit early okay I'd do about 4k Right, and then I do his workout, which would be about two k, mm -hmm. and then I go at the end and do another trip down to the Sikkimus and back. So make what's it, going make through it your brain when you're <laughs> in that distance? I, you know, I just when it comes to swimming, I just don't really think that much. <laughs> I just uh, I just enjoy it. I just yeah. find it peaceful, you okay. know, because I can kind of actually shut my brain off, mm. and that's what gets me through it. And um, yeah, I usually just feel pretty good. I just kind of focus more on, on the process. Mm. You know, I don't really, uh, I just focus on like, you know, catch or pull or think about the, uh, think about the stroke a little bit just to make sure I'm being efficient and, mm. uh, and I don't, you know, if I start daydreaming and stuff, my, you know, stroke gets sloppy things and, can fall, and, apart and things can fall apart. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so the longest yeah. swim, eight yeah, about kilometers, eight kilometers yeah. then um, on the bike? But just to add to that, oh, sure. um, as long my longest swim in one session is eight, but I did some big, you know, so I did some big swim volume weeks. So okay. I would do that maybe twice in a week and then, you know, a few other longer sessions as well. So I think I ended up getting up to um, probably 16K, 16, 17K of swimming in a week. That's mm -hmm. probably the biggest week. So, I mean, but that's kind of what I felt I needed to do because I'm going to be like, you asked me the question, how much does somebody need to do? And I said, yeah. you don't really need to do a whole lot more than what people, uh, you know, than you're already doing for an Ironman. Um, um, I wanted to race this thing and I was going in it, you know, to get the, try and get the top spot. So, mm -hmm. you know, it's a little different than somebody who's just thinking about entering and getting through it. Getting yeah, through, yeah. yeah. So, um, so yeah, so that was the swim. Um, as far as the bike goes, I had some consistently 400 K weeks mm -hmm. and that's pretty much it. Yeah. Um, I mean, that may not sounds like a lot but it's really you know if you're training for an iron man yeah. you know you're probably i don't know maybe doing two to three hundred already um maybe. unless you're a german yeah. and your name is Hellrigel, yeah yeah, then, yeah. Then it's <laughs> add a few zeros yeah there. exactly yeah um but not you know not a whole lot just a lot of <clears throat> frequency right so yeah. i'd uh, take a day off in the middle of the week and go and do mm -hmm. a long ride and then do another one on saturday and then and then maybe another one on sunday so i build up the volume that mm -hmm. way instead of you know, spending eight, nine hours on the bike. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but having said that, I did do, I think, probably two two rides that were about 215K. Okay. Um, yeah. But, yeah, nothing more than that. Mm -hmm. um, and those rides were supported rides. I actually had my wife, Tina, come out, and oh. she... I went down to Asturias, back. You know, I took the, the day two bike course, but oh, finished yes. in Princeton and then didn't oh. do the outback. Mm -hmm. So it ended up being about 215K. Mm -hmm. Did that a couple times, and... Um, and then for the run, you know, my longest run, to be honest, at one time, uh, was 30, 37 kilometers. Mm -hmm. Um, but what I would do that. What kind of terrain was that? So that would be fairly flat. I okay. would do, um, kind of a, a Skaha Lake loop, 
mm-hmm. and then and then uh, up the channel a ways to get mm-hmm. 37k um, and then recover from that and then do a double run so that's kind of how I okay. built the run mm-hmm. volume and I think that's the best way to do it um, great way of preventing injury so exactly you know so, good coaching and good yeah. mindset going in those double yeah. runs uh, you yeah. know as yeah. long as you can get those miles in or those hours yeah. however you want to measure your time yeah. um, rather than you know increases the exposure to uh, injury quite a bit it does for mm-hmm. sure and so yeah that's how i that's another way i prevent injury for sure um especially this race um you know i do uh i do some tempo runs as you know the wednesday groups with yeah. johnny you know we do some fast running there but uh you know a lot of those longer runs it was just at a you know it was at a faster pace and then mm-hmm. running the ultraman um but of course it was you know three hours or so, so right not not eight or not, mm. sorry not seven <laughs> not seven <laughs> yes yeah so uh, not not 11 yeah. either yeah um <laughs> biggest run volume per in a week was probably 80 no i'd say 90k mm. 90k uh maybe did that a couple times yeah. um other than that most of the weeks are around 70 nothing too crazy reasonable think, doable reasonable. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and, and I, you're not getting injured in the process injured. i yeah. think I think a lot of people who decide to do Ultraman think they need to go out there and run these ultra marathons and mm-hmm. training because it may be a mental thing. They want to see if they can do it. But, yeah. I mean, if you're going out and running 100-kilometer races, you know, as you're training for an Ultraman, yeah. I mean, how are you going to recover from that and do the biking and the swimming? I, uh, to me, it just doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's my approach. Break it up, do more frequency, and, uh, and build the volume that way. Let's talk about... Um... You've been in the sport now for quite a long time. Did your first Ironman then in yeah. 2002. Yeah, it's, what it's, it's, changes have you seen in the sport of triathlon? You've been a Penticton gosh. local, so you've seen, yeah. uh, you know, the Ironman circus come into town, change <laughs> yeah. to the um, Challenge Penticton, yeah. change to the ITU World Championships. Uh, what yeah. have you seen that oh. you'd like to comment on? A bit of a soapbox here yeah, opportunity. I mean, or the people. I mean, it's a, it's kind of an open question. Yeah, I think as far as the the races go, it's just become. I mean, what I've seen. I I saw back in the early days when it was Ironman Canada, and there was only you know a handful of races, and Ironman Canada was the race to do, and and it was run by Graham Fraser, and um, and it was awesome. <laughs> like you know, we'd have like over. 2,000 people here or whatever it got to, 2,500. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I think just the whole WTC thing and, uh, you know, it just seemed to become so much more commercial. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing that I've seen that I haven't really liked. You know, I've done some other Ironman races now. I've, you know, go to the Ironman races. They're really good quality events. Um, just something, it's just different. It's just different than it used to be. Um, you know, back when people would come here from all over the place and camp out to get their spots and this was the best race and yeah. so that's kind of uh the one thing that i i miss as far as the people go uh, i don't know they come and go <laughs> um, some, must, some some come and go some come and, and some go. have been yeah. here for decades exactly and... there's there's only a few of us that just seem to yeah. to keep going mm-hmm. um but uh it's always great to see people enter the sport and enjoy it for a few years and then go off mm-hmm. and do other things and yeah. that's part of what makes it Basic, so exciting, and why I love it so much yeah. is just the the personal relationships that you uh, that you that you um, establish from from being in the sport and meeting so many people. And yeah, I don't know as far as any comments changes. on technology, bikes getting faster, um, slower. And yeah, what are you riding now? I ride a Trek Speed Concept. So okay. I've always ridden a Trek. My first triathlon bike was a Trek. Um, Brand loyal. Yeah, yeah. Mm. They've always seemed to work for mm-hmm. me. <laughs> Um, this is my third one, 
Um, and yeah, I just love it. Um, as far as technology goes, yeah, I think, I mean, I'm sure there's, there's, there's time gains there with, with the new bikes. Mm. Um, I don't know how much, um, I think probably marginal. Mm. I'm not really, uh, to be honest with you, I'm not really, um, on top of all that. I'm mm. not really a techie or, a, no uh, ceramic bearings in your bottom bracket no, this week? No, no, no. Mm. I don't even really, you know, as long as I have a fast bike and it's comfortable and I'm in a good, comfortable, air, and, yeah. and I'm in a good air position and, and that's, I've got that dialed in. Mm-hmm. So that, that helps, um, you know, good, good race wheels, good air helmet, mm-hmm. things like that. I'm happy. You see all the gadgets. They, <laughs> <laughs> they come, they, they go, come, and they I mean, go. those compression socks. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what was it? Eight years ago, Peter Reed showed up with those wacky yeah. nose spreader outer things. Oh, I forget yeah. what the, and you know, they come, they go. Yeah, and, they come, they go. Yeah. And, you know, it's just all marketing. Marketing uh, yeah. and uh, opportunity yeah. for, for some profits I mean, or. Yeah. Like the, the gadgets I rely on and I like are my, uh, power meters <laughs> and my gps mm-hmm. that's pretty much all i yeah. go with and that's mm-hmm. how i train I train by power i train by pace that's all i need yeah. so let's talk about training now so yeah. students are uh, an athlete of uh jonathan Curran. Yeah. well actually he's um to be honest yeah uh, just to go back to that a little bit um mm. i mentioned kevin kutcher was my coach yes. so yeah he coached me for probably four years mm-hmm. And helped me make huge improvements, mm-hmm. um, obviously. And then after that, he kind of put me in touch with Tom Evans, a local oh, yeah. performer, well, yeah. yeah, former winner of yeah, Ironman exactly. Canada. Yeah, and yeah. a couple of Floridas and a couple of Coeur d'Alene's. Anyways, he put me in touch with him, and we ended up training together, and he kind of mentored and guided me for about three years. Tom Evans. Tom Evans did, mm-hmm. yeah. So I got to train with him, and I still do today. And your today. teeth look great. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. He's also my dentist. Yeah. Uh, so about... Seven years with a coach, and then after that, I've been on my own. Mm. So I'm actually not coached. Um, Johnny is my swim coach, mm, okay. um, so I definitely listen to everything he has to say when it comes to swimming, mm-hmm. and I've seen some big improvements there. Okay. Um, and of course, I join I join some of the group workouts, which he lets yes, me do. But yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. But I'm at a point where I kind of know what I need to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't uh, I don't really need a coach. So uh, you know, if I have any questions, usually. Johnny's there. Yeah, Kevin's it's, there. It's Tom's nice to there. have yeah. a, a console of people exactly. to, to pick their brains and, and yeah. Mm-hmm. So Johnny knows a lot about me and, mm-hmm. and how I go, and so he can he can offer advice, and uh, I always take it. And the results are uh, speaking for themselves. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. as a self-coached athlete, um, yeah. even though we love the sport and we love the disciplines, yeah. some we love more than others. <laughs> yeah. uh, tell us about a workout that you do, but you really, right. it's the broccoli workout I refer to as. <laughs> it's probably good for you. Oh, yeah. You don't necessarily enjoy doing it, but you enjoy having that workout done. What would that be? Oh, that one's uh, definitely that 20-minute uh, FTP test. Okay. Yeah. I, I love what pushing myself. What does that myself. mean? What does that mean? Oh, so it's a 20-minute listeners who... uh, time trial on a bike. Basically, it's full out. 20 minutes, as hard as you can go. You want to get your best possible average for that 20 minutes, whether it be power, speed, whatever. Um, in, in most cases, it's power. That's why it's uh, functional threshold power. Um, and so that test is done occasionally just to test your uh, your bike fitness and mm. to, and to um, establish um, a threshold that you can um, create training zones from and know basically... Uh, what percentage of that threshold you should be racing at and training at. So it's a good number to get, but it's a really, really hard workout. I struggle with it mentally, and like I love most of my workouts, and I love having a variety of workouts. Mm. Um, that's one that I'm very happy when it's done, and I'm so <laughs> glad I did it, but it's one I dread. Mm. <laughs> and I think it's just, I mean, 
I love pushing myself. I love doing the hard workouts, but that one is just because the way I'm wired, I just I go so hard that it hurts so much, mm-hmm. and I, I just fear it. Okay. <laughs> yeah, and of course, you know, I'm always trying to you know squeak a little bit more out of each one. Mm-hmm. So, so it's really hard because so I put a lot of pressure on myself. Would you do the FTP uh, test? Not a lot. Is that to like be once a month or every yeah, other month? Probably mm-hmm. for me, I'd probably do it every, once every other month. Okay. Yeah, I don't mm-hmm. I don't do it that often. Mm-hmm. Um, what I tend to do is I do some. My hard, hard anaerobic bike workouts, I'd like to do like shorter intervals. Like mm-hmm. I'll do some hill repeats or mm-hmm. some, uh, you know, two minute on, one minute off, mm-hmm. really, really hard mm-hmm. um, at, a, at a power that's much higher than that, than the 20 minute average. But, uh, but those, you know, those are short. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, not 20 minutes. Yeah, not 20 yeah. minutes. So I kind of prefer those. But uh, yeah, the 20 minute test is, is probably the one that uh, I fear the most. So <laughs> living in Penticton, you get an opportunity to ride outside most months of the year. Yeah, but for yeah. some of the months, you're, you're inside. Yeah. And let's, let's put you in a situation. Let's say it's November and you mm. need to do one of these mm. um, FTP tests. Yeah, yeah. What is the music you're going to be listening to? Are, are you oh, a yeah. music guy? Oh, I'm definitely a music yeah? guy, yeah. Um, what, to be honest, I do these uh, in, the in, in the wintertime indoors. I actually uh, do Kevin Kutcher's spin class, classes. Oh, okay. They're coached, mm-hmm. and he actually does these. So throughout the winter, we'll oh, probably Oh, so you'll have do witnesses if you... Everybody's doing it. Yeah. And so those ones inside, when everybody's doing it, isn't quite as bad mm-hmm. because you've got other everybody else to suffer with. <laughs> but as far as music goes, it's whatever, you know, Kevin plays all kinds of songs but um for me my preference would be acdc anything acdc yeah that okay. gets me going for so, sure some yeah. basic classic rock some classic rock yeah. some hell's bells oh, okay <laughs> highway to hell that kind of stuff mm-hmm. um thunderstruck mm-hmm. or, or pink floyd i'm oh, a big Pink floyd oh, fan too okay. so yeah yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. The other side the more cerebral side exactly. of, of classic rock yeah Let's go back uh, yeah. to the road for a second. Yeah. So you're a Penticton local. You know the roads. You know the wall out in OK oh, Falls on the way to intimately. the Sia later <laughs> ranch. Yeah. Um, what is your favorite training ride? Any length, whether yeah. you're training for an ultra, an Ironman, <laughs> whatever the case may be. What's your What's your favorite oh. training ride out here? Well, that's a tough one because there are so many good rides. And I just love them all. And I love the variety. Um, but if I were to pick one, I would have to say yeah hands down it's going to be Ironman Canada route the mm-hmm. original Ironman Canada mm-hmm. route for me is the best ride mm-hmm. I just love it yeah. I mean it's it's a classic mm-hmm. the it's stories just, the that have stories, been written yeah. on that course <laughs> exactly you know? yeah. yeah I've had some you know some good times some mm-hmm. bad times mm-hmm. I've, I've ridden that course probably over the last 16 years literally over 100 times wow. so mm-hmm. I know it well um, it's just a good, good, if you're doing an Ironman training block, it's just a good course to do, no matter what course it is, right? Whether it's a flat course or a hilly course, because you get it all in that. Does uh, the out and back ever get easy? No. 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 And that's why I like doing it, because yeah. it's, it's a good mental, uh, you know, it's tough mentally to get yeah. through that, especially on a training day. It's so easy to just say, I'll just skip it today. <laughs> why do it? Yeah. It's only 20K, right? Mm. Um, but I like to try and put myself through it, because yeah. it just, you know, makes yourself tougher mentally mm-hmm. and uh, when you get through it you just feel that much better yeah um but that whole that whole out and back you know it's the it's going back the way you came which makes it tough but it's also those 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 ribbit things they have in the road it's mm-hmm. just mentally tough they've cleaned some of it up actually this year though yeah you noticed that one yeah. on the 520 yeah, i did yeah, yeah. And, then, and then during the training as well mm, yeah. i noticed that some of it had some fresh pavement so yeah. Not all of it as we found out. Not all of it, yeah. But but it's better than it was four years ago, for example. Definitely, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. 
So yeah, that that I mean, hot oh, man, I could go on. There's the yeah. Apex rides, the Carmi yeah. rides, the yeah. five. There's we got all different kinds of rides, and we've named them like the Five Peaks rides. Ah. There's all sorts <laughs> of things, anarchists. So right. a lot of the a lot of the climbs. Mm-hmm. But if I were to pick one, you know, that's my favorite. Yeah. Um, any distance, it's definitely 180k around the classic Ironman Canada. Okay, we're gonna set yeah. you up for some fun right now. Uh, okay. So you've done that. Um, what day is your long ride? Uh, usually Saturday. Okay, so yeah. it's Saturday. You yeah. start off at a. We ask Simon's the same question, so okay. we'll see how the the, the huh. differs. So you finish the training ride, and yeah. we'll give you uh, the post. The, the healthy drink first. So healthy it's drink, yeah. whether that's a smoothie or yeah. F2C protein powder, whatever the case may be. Yeah. So you get the healthy stuff out of the, the way, way yeah. copious amounts of water. So all yeah. the healthy stuff has been taken care of. Yeah. It's Saturday afternoon. It's four o'clock. It's a, it's a glorious day in Penticton. <laughs> after that healthy beverage has been consumed, mm. what's your beverage of choice after that? Miramad and Nut Brown. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, for those that don't know, that's a, a local beer. The that Cannery. From the Cannery. Yes. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. a very good beer. Um, very partial to that one. It's mm. one of my favorites. It's smooth. It's nutty. It's yeah. not exactly. It's, yeah. it's dark. It's, uh, you know, it's um, it's just got a really good good flavor to it. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, nothing beats a cold Nut Brown. Speaking of being nutty, our, our last question, <laughs> okay. our, our, yeah. our famous uh, or infamous uh, Fitspeak final question here. So, so far this week, we've had dolphins, wow. we've had corgis. Yeah. Um, third person this week, Dave, we're going to ask you <laughs> if you could be an animal. And we're talking, once again, to the 2018 <laughs> Ultraman 520 Canada champion, Dave Matheson, who uh, set a new course record this year for and a new world record. But if you could be an animal other than a human being, <laughs> what would you be and tell us why? Huh. I'm going to have to go with lion. Lion. lion yeah lion because they're just absolutely beautiful creatures and i think they're fast mm-hmm. <laughs> and they're probably at the top of the food chain mm-hmm. so if i were going to be an animal i'd want to be at the top okay the chain. So, like yeah. you are at the top of the ultra <laughs> right. pyramid right now yeah, yeah. apex triathlete yeah Thank you so much for your time, Dave. That was fun. Thanks for having me, Kevin. Appreciate Uh, it. Best success. Oh, one more question before we let you go. Um, Other plans for this year? Oh, yeah. Um, So I'm hoping to carry some of this fitness that I got from training for this event and doing it um, into a later fall race in Arizona. So I'm signed up for Ironman Arizona. It'll be my first time doing that one. So I'm pretty excited. It's a relatively flat course. There's been some fast times posted there. Mm-hmm. So I'm kind of, you know, hoping for a good fast Ironman mm-hmm. um, and uh, maybe a Kona qualification for 2019. Yeah, that's the plan. Thanks again for your time. Yeah. Thanks for having me. I'm Zach Newfeld, and this is Between the Ears. Endurance sports take a lot of motivation. A good athlete knows how to stoke the fire inside of him. Professional triathlete Chris McCormack said we all have to individually ask ourselves what makes us good. We have to go between our ears and enter our own souls to find the answer. Lately, I've been reading McCormack's book, I'm Here to Win, and it's been inspiring me. He's an Australian athlete who won the Ironman World Championships in Kona in 2007 and 2010. In I'm Here to Win, he shares how he was so successful in his career. Racing for others was critical to McCormack's success. He said, you have to have a purpose that's bigger than yourself. Without racing for others, he would have given up several times and would never have dared to say, I'm going to win everything. 
Early in his career, McCormack's best friend died before he raced Escape from Alcatraz. He wasn't going to race, but his dad told him, Chris, Sean's last moment of glee was that you would equal Mike Pig's record. No, you do that race and you come home, but you are going to win that race. So McCormack raced and won, matching the record. He then went on to race for his friend, finishing the list. A list of triathlons he and his friend had planned to do. Later on, his mother died of breast cancer. He said she smiled and cheered him without saying a word about her disease, and McCormack thought she was a stronger person than he was racing. His mother told him that his success fulfilled her. She said she wanted him to chase his dream, so he told her, I promise you, Mom, I'm going to win everything. He did, and smashed everyone, becoming Global Triathlete of the Year. He even raced with the number 19,455 on his jersey for the amount of days his mother lived. For years, McCormack had her in his heart, beating like her life depended on it. However, when he won Kona in 2007, he didn't feel fulfilled like he thought he would, comparing his experience to a mountaineer who summited the highest mountain on earth. Now why would he compete? McCormack said if he didn't find a new purpose, he would have retired right there and then, and never would have gone on to shock the world with his second Ironman World Championship win in Kona in 2010. His motivation continued because he began raising money in a private savings account for breast cancer, which has now become a foundation that's raised over $500,000. In I'm Here to Win, McCormack's entire career was driven by a purpose bigger than himself. He raced for others throughout his career and said, No wonder I still have a hunger to compete and win. I have the whole world inspiring me. It seems that racing for others is about transcending ourselves. When you don't want to train, race, or push anymore, something other than you can take you beyond your lack of motivation and commitment. What do you race for? Is it someone or something? Whatever it is, racing for others can keep the fire burning inside us, so we can also say, I'm here to win. Thanks for listening. I'm Zach Newfeld, taking you between the ears. And that's it for another edition of FitSpeak, the Fraser Valley's only fitness, wellness, and insurance sports podcast. FitSpeak is brought to you by Wentings in Mission. Your Wentings word of the week is Colnago. And also brought to you by TriJoy, the spirit of multi-sport. Take your first step to the finish line by starting with TriJoy. Check the link at the bottom of this page to get things going. Be listening next time when Kevin Watt will be back for his social media shout-outs. Zach Newfeld returns with some mental food for thought on Between the Ears, and we'll be hearing about the latest in endurance sports, an event called the Swim Run. Jamie Mall from Mission will be our guest. For all of us at Fitspeak, I'm Kevin Hines. Thanks for listening. <laughs>